Community members, welcome to the Community Hotline, presented by 88 Real Estate Media for the community, by the community. And today we have community member Jason joining us today. Why don't you introduce yourself, good sir? Hi, Bob. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Jason Green, and um, I'm a realtor here in South Orange County. Uh, I grew up in Oklahoma and uh, spent uh, the early part of my life there. Uh, after college, I moved out here. Um, wanted to trade uh, the pastures for the beaches and the sun, and I've been out here ever since, and uh, I'm loving it. Got it. Love it. Love it. Love it. How many years have you been uh, in Southern California? So 2002, November 2002, so that would make it going on 18. Okay. Do you regret your decision at all? No. <laughs> there, there, are there are things that I miss about Oklahoma, but not enough to make me move back. Got it, got it, got it. Or was your mom sad that you were, you know, leaving the nest? Well, I, I think she only in the last couple of years has stopped trying to find ways to get me to move back. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the last couple of years. So for the, yeah, yeah. The first 10, she was like, come back, come back, come back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. A mother's persistence. You can never, you can never go wrong with that. Yeah. Um, let's get into our first topic of the day, which is money. Uh, tell us, what is money? Why isn't it taught in school? Uh, and, uh, and how do you make it? Well, um, I, I think that you bring up a, an important point right off the bat that it's not taught in school. And, um, you know, when you get into to the university level, you can take things like economics, but and you can even take personal finance, but it's not really what you need um, to really survive in life every day. And, you know, money really is, is it's a couple of things, right? It, it's a, it's a, a form of exchange, right? So I have a dollar, you have a candy bar. I want your candy bar. You want my dollar, right? That's the very basic thing of money. The, the, the physical bill really has no value. I mean, it's just paper. Um, but it's the, it's the, um, the trust that we put in the money for as a value of exchange. Um, that's just basic level. To me, what money really is, and it's changed over the years. So when I was young, to me, I thought money was going to be like a scorecard, right? How much can I make, right? What kind of toys can I buy? And, you know, how can I accumulate? And, and But over time, what I've realized is that money really is about opportunity. And I, I've been, you know, I grew up, like I said, I grew up in small town, Oklahoma. Uh, my parents were not wealthy. Um, you know, we didn't have a lot. We had enough, but not a lot. And I look back and I think, well, I think my son now, you know, he's 13 and we live in Irvine. And, and this is a, you know, the Orange County is a very nice area and, and much nicer than where I grew up. And I see all the things that he has at his disposal and all the things that he has um, that he that he could take advantage of. Um, you know, what well, he's big into sports, he's very athletic and, you know, uh, being on the rock climbing, uh, competitive rock climbing team, he was he did that for a couple of years and, um, and you know, he loved it. I didn't even know rock climbing existed really, uh, you know, growing up. And, and, and he's, he's big into football and, you know, he wants to be a quarterback. And, 
and the, the opportunities that we have to go to camps and the level of, of, of coaches that we have in this area. It's just, a, it blows me away. And, um, but if I'm not making money, I can't give him that opportunity, right? So, so I think there's, there's the opportunity for ourselves right? To not just provide for our family, but to provide opportunities they might not otherwise have. Um, You know, even just taking a trip, you know, to Europe, um, you know, there's, you can, you can approach that in different ways, right? It's just purely fun and relaxing and, or you can really, um, you know, try to get a little bit more out of it. And and what, what is the culture really like, you know, in whether it's uh, France or Italy or Spain or, or Portugal and, and really trying kind of, you know, kind of educating yourself that way. Um, money just presents so much opportunity, so many opportunities um, when you have it. And, and so I think, you know, teaching that in schools, how to manage it properly, um, how to, you know, we, we, we talk about money, but, but I think debt kind of goes in there with it because, you know, I guess debt's basically negative money. Um, and, and how do you manage that? And, 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 you know, is it a good thing? And it can be, um, you know, it's hard to buy a house without taking out a mortgage. Um, but do we really need to put a TV on a credit card? Um, you know, those, these are the things that, that we, we really should touch on and not just touch on, we should really teach in, in school. And, you know, I, I didn't, my, like I said, my parents, they were barely high school educated. And so they didn't, you know, they didn't know what to teach me as far as, you know, things like that go. And so, you know, I don't fault them for that. Um, and I think we take it for granted that, um, you know, it's, it's just, we just kind of learn about it through experience. And experience is a good teacher, uh, but it can be a harsh teacher too. So, you know, if, if, you, if you learn that debt lesson, yeah. um, it, it, it might be painful and it might take you a while to recover. When did you learn that debt lesson? Do you have a personal experience that you would like to yeah, you know, early on, um, I bought my first computer right out of, you know, at, right after I graduated high school. And uh, I, I went down to the bank, my local bank, and they gave me a loan for it. And I paid it off in like whatever it was, seven months or nine months. And after that, I received all kinds of credit card uh, offers, you know, one after the other. And um, so, you know, I'd Okay, great. Let's take them. You know, I can afford a twenty dollar a month credit card payment, no problem. And but it's it's but the more you spend, the higher that payment goes. And and you know, right after high school, you know, I'm in college and I'm not necessarily I don't necessarily have a steady income, and it's certainly not huge. So um, yeah, I got myself into a little bit of credit card debt and credit card trouble, you know, while I was in college and had to work my way out of that. and so that was, it was a harsh teacher. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad I learned the lesson, you know, early on. Did you, do you think that's a trap that society puts you in? Cause you're not the first person that, that has told me that about as soon as someone turned 18, they just got like flooded with credit card offers, you know, you know, Apple credit cards, Victoria's Secret credit cards, you know, American Eagle credit cards, like you name it, they, they were getting offers for it. Yeah, and I think that the, the you know the bad thing is the, these credit card companies are not necessarily looking at your disposable income. They're simply looking at your credit score. Are you credit worthy? And if they are, you know, especially when you're young, because you build brand loyalty that way, 
right? I mean, you see, you see all the, you see all the brands on campus, you know, hosting this or sponsoring that, and they because they they want they know that you're a consumer, and they want to build that brand loyalty, and, and credit cards are no different. And so, you know, XYZ Bank wants you as a as a customer, and they want you for life. Uh, so let's get them hooked early. And, you know, it, it's, it, it should, you know, should there be, you know, should there be legislation, uh, you know, saying that you can't offer uh, a credit card you know, to someone under a certain age, maybe. Um, but I think, I think it goes, I, pre- I, I prefer to have our solutions be um, local, you know, so like for me, uh, my solution for that, for my son, is going to be me and, and my wife teaching him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that you know, you're going to get this. It's coming, so be ready for it. And when you see it, understand that you're not ready for it. And and you just you know don't tear it, tear it, tear it up, throw it away, uh, shred it, preferably. Um, and, and so I would prefer we have solutions like that. You know, so where you have the community that's involved in educating uh, the younger crowd about um, how to handle these things safely. I, I'm I'm I tend to be a smaller government type of person, so. I love it. I love that. That's a great tip. Um, where would you say, do you have like a defining moment in your life when, where your attitude towards money kind of changed? Like a specific example? I don't know that I have a single moment. I, I, it happened over time. And I think, um, you know, I always kind of, I grew up in that um, 80s, 90s, um, you know, kind of 80s. We had a booming economy and I was, I was young and, you know, I saw, you know, I, probably shouldn't have, but I saw the movie Wall Street. I think it was, I was probably you know younger than I should have been, but uh, to see it. But you know, just just the um, just the 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the flash maybe. I don't I don't know. The 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 excitement of these guys they're making money and they're you know and there's this, the ticker tapes are going on and you know uh, and and you know as the they're shouting and uh, at the at the you know across the room and, and trading and and I was like I got caught up in that right and so that that I think was more and that's I hate to say that but that's that made a bigger impression on me about money than than anything else and again you know I look back on that experience for me and I want to make sure that media doesn't have a bigger impact on my son than I do. Mm. and and so um and it's so easy though it's so easy to because i can you know i can somewhat control what what we watch in the house but when he goes to a friend's house or when he goes off you know then you know he's on his own so i have to be sure that i'm teaching those lessons at home and and just and more than anything um i i the best way for me to teach it is to do it and just let him see it as opposed to me sitting down and saying i'm going to talk to you about this he's probably going to tune out right if i can just live it then he'll see it and he'll understand it and and he's more likely to emulate it i love that i love that i love that so kind of transitioning then uh from money to, to education then you know what uh you know how do you think about the education education system you know that's going on in america right now i mean i guess from what was your education like let's start there who were you in high school yeah, uh, who was I in high school? I was I was the kid who I didn't have to study early on, and so by the time I got into my later grades, I was had the habit of not studying, which caught up to me. Um, so I really had to pour it on my senior year in order to get good grades. Um, and but you know, it, it, 
again, small town. I, I think I had 21 people in my graduating class. Right? What? Four of them were, four, yeah, 21. Four of them were girls. So I either got a prom day early or I had to go out of town. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it's completely different than what you've got now. Obviously, we didn't have the online learning, right? Um, we did have, though, um, satellite. We, we watched a satellite feed from Oklahoma State University, and uh, we learned calculus three days a week uh, from the satellite feed. And then we had a teacher the other two days in class that was you know trying to teach us. And um, so that was that was like cutting edge back then, you know, watching wow. a satellite feed. And uh, but, you know, I, I think there's a couple, I guess, a couple things that uh, come to mind when we talk about education and where it is. Um, obviously, there's a lot of technology that's coming into play, especially right now. Right. We're all kind of we're just kind of coming out of the shelter in place. For the most part, it's still on. And my son hasn't been in the classroom since early March. Uh, but that he's working on a project right now with a friend of his for a class and they're all doing it, you know, online and over the phone. Um, so, I, you know, I think I, I would go back to, I would go back to my, my comments with, with, you know, the solution, I would rather have a, a, a more local solution. Um, I would love to see a radical change in our education system. One where it's more parents, that are maybe you know almost like school pods you know as opposed to going to a big building with uh, you know hundreds of students maybe you have small you know quote unquote campuses and maybe there's 10 or 20 students and that's like your class and you you know you can get together with bigger groups for other activities but i'm just i mean i think that that if we have parents who are more involved with education our students do so much better. And my, my wife is a teacher and I see it all the time. She has those students or she has those parents who, you know, their, their thought is, here's my, here's my child, educate them. And you know, that, that's her job and not theirs. And, and I think that's, it, it can't be that way. Right. I mean, it's, it's gotta be, you know, parents have to be involved. They have to be, and I'm not saying, you know, be at the PTA every week or, you know, but they have to be at home, at least asking, well, you know, what, what are you learning? Let's review your homework. I know that you've done it and, and you've got a good grade. Let's, I want to see what's going on. I'm learning algebra again, right? You know, because my son's learning it. You know, right. So I have to, I want to make sure that I know it well enough to teach him. And so, um, you know, I, I, I would, I would love to see, you know, kind of a, a radical shift in, in how we approach education. I love it. What, what would you say, uh, I guess, what, where, where would you like to see, you know, I know you mentioned the pods, but, you know, in a perfect world, in the future of education, you know, where, where, if you were the, you know, the principal and like, you know, what, what, what are three things you want to lay down? Wow. I think, um, I think giving the teachers the freedom to teach, right? I think, um, you know, we have legislation, you have no, no, child left behind, which is in my mind is just brilliant marketing, right? Who's going to vote against no, who wants to leave a child behind, right? So of course that's going to pass. Um, but what has it actually done? Well, it's set us up, it's set a standard uh, for various uh, subjects that we now teach. We teach to that standard and more of the teaching is going toward passing the test, right? And, and so does that really teach? Well, let's back up for a second. What is education? Right. What and and you know, it's part of it is learning a subject, 
But I think a big part of it that, and a part that we miss with, with these new standards is learning to think, you know, and, and learning to look at things and, and how do you look at things differently? Um, you know, I had my son was, I was helping him with a math problem the other day and it was a triangle within a triangle. And if you can picture it, you'll, you'll see, okay, you've got two triangles and he was focused on the inner triangle and trying to figure out what's going on. And he couldn't figure it out. So I said, Noah, what else do you see there? And when he kind of took a step back and looked at it, he's like, oh, there's, there's three more triangles, you know, other than those two. And so when he saw that, it was easy, right? But he would, if, if I don't know how long it would have taken him to see it had I not told him, you know, take a step back, what do you see? And so that's, and again, that's for me, that's what 30, 40 years of experience that before I came to that point, you know, I, I wasn't doing that in high school necessarily. And so, but if we can teach them young, right, to, to, to take a step back, what is it that you see? What do you, um, then, then you have, then you have, you get, you go deeper with your education and, you know, I see a map, there's a couple of rivers. Okay, fine. Well, what else do you see? And pushing them and challenging them to, to do these things and, and to do them at their own pace. Uh, because they're, again, you know, everybody learns differently. I, I remember, because I spent plenty of time in corporate America. Right. And, and I, I worked directly for the VP of Treasury and he worked for the CFO. I was in meetings with those guys all the time. And I, what I learned is if, I'm, if I have a report, I better bring two versions. One is all graphs for my VP of Treasury. One is all numbers for my CFO because that's how they took data in. And so... Um, and kids are no, I mean, they're no different, right? They, they learn differently. They see things differently. So rather than, rather than, and that's common core gets a bad rap. And I've seen videos where, you know, somebody's doing a common core math problem and it's taking forever. And somebody will, you know, they'll do the math problem real quick and then they'll go brew a cup of coffee or they'll make a sandwich and, and the common core explanation is still going on. <laughs> the explanation is not meant to, this is how you solve the problem. It's to get you to think about what this problem is. And if you can see what this problem is, then it makes doing that problem easier. And so, um, you know, it's like I said, not everybody learns the same way. And uh, so it's, it's in, it just, we have to be open to um, setting kids up to succeed at their pace and in their way. Right, right. I love it. I love it. I love everything you said, you know, letting people be able to teach, you know, not everything is, you know, at this, like people need to go on their own pace, right? Everyone learns differently. Um, you know, speaking of this, then, uh, what, what would you say your highest ambition is? Mike? Oh, wow. Uh, my highest ambition, you know, I don't, I don't know right now. It's kind of changed over time. I mean, like I said before, it was just accumulate as much money as possible. Um, but it's changed over time. And I think one of them right now would be, to um, be success, be successful enough in my business that I could give my wife the option that if she didn't want to go in to teach, she didn't have to. Mm. Um, I know that she wouldn't just sit around doing nothing all day. That's just not who she is. Um, but you know, she's like I said, she's an educator as well. She's a teacher as well, and I know that she would want to do something with, um, you know, whether it's at a private school, she could you know, maybe 
take a cut in salary and it wouldn't matter because she's doing what she loves uh, in a way that she loves. So that would be a big one. I think another one really, I mean, you know, my son is, is 13. Uh, we only have a few more left years left before he's on his own. And so just trying to um, give him as many opportunities as possible to succeed, whether it's academically or athletically. Um, and then, you know, so that, those are the two, like, probably closest to me. Um, and then if we want to talk about, like, even bigger, man, I don't know. I mean, there's so much, there's so many things to fix in the world, right? Um, where do you start? So, but I, I think if I could find a way to, because my wife has talked about, you know, starting what would be awesome to start in school. If I could find a way to fund that and, and help her to, to realize that dream, that would be, that would be um, another big one. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, you talk a lot about your, your wife and kids. Um, it seems like you're, you're very big on family. Uh, how did you, how did you, how did you and your wife meet? <laughs> we met online. <laughs> it was, it was funny because, um, yeah, this was back in the what, er, yeah, early 2000s. And so um, she was actually, she tells me that she was online. She was on her, on the verge of deleting her profile because she had had a couple of like bad experiences. And um, so I, you know, interrupted her with a message and, and, you know, I was just chatting with her. And, and so she says she wanted to either like scare me off or, you know, maybe this would be somebody worthy, worth talking to. So she started asking me like these questions, like, well, how do you feel about marriage? And how do you feel about you know, kids? And how do you feel, you know, like, okay, I haven't even met you yet. You're asking me about marriage. So, you know, and, and, and so I gave her some honest answers. And so she's like, oh, okay, those answers aren't bad. So I guess you can go give me a call. So that was. I love it. I love it. How, how, what, what, kind of, uh, what kind of dating advice would you give your son, you know, as he enters, you know, I mean, he's a teenager now, so I'm sure, you know, it's usually that range when kids like kind of yeah. lose their innocence or more into girls and like are more into right. that kind of things. Yeah. What kind of we've, we've had, yeah, we've, we've had these, you know, we've had these uh, conversations and um, I, I, I love the way, I love the way Ben Shapiro puts it is um, dating is the, um, the act of finding a spouse. And so if you're not ready to get married, why are you dating? And that's, I know that that, you know, for most people, especially young people, because I was a young people at one point, that's you know, like, what are you talking about? I want to date. I want to go out and have fun. And, but, you know, really it is, I mean, from, from, from our background and our faith, dating really is about who am I going to find that I can, I can spend the rest of my life with. And so um, we had, we had, um, I don't want to call, I don't know if I call it a scare, but I, I found a message from uh, my son to this girl and, or actually it was, it was to him saying something about, you know, uh, you know, I just want to be friends and, and whatnot. And, and so I'm like, wait, is he not hearing our message? And so I, I kind of, I asked him about it, like, you know, what's going on with this? And he's like, oh, he's like, well, I have a friend. He's really shy. He likes this girl. So I said, oh, fine, I will talk to her for you. And so I was like, oh, okay, because that, that, that scared me for a second, you know. And so <laughs> it was, uh, I, I think I think he's he's taking the the message to heart though, and so which is making us happy. Um, yeah, and and, it, and it, it's tough because I, I think you know we 
the other thing is we live in a climate where it 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 can be dangerous today. And I don't I don't I don't want to make you know, I don't want to make it sound like everybody's in danger when they're dating. But but there 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 are there are going to be times when you know maybe maybe you do something with someone and that person regrets it and now it's on Facebook or maybe they're you know the police are involved. We've seen that happen a few times where you know you know a, a young man you know his life is you know there's there's been plenty of college cases where a young man is expelled because you know a consensual you know act is is then reported as non-consensual and so i've i've seen reports of of kindergartners who are literally arrested because they gave a girl a kiss on the cheek so i mean we live in such a time that it's 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 like really I, volatile's not the right word it's it's really scary though i'm glad i'm i'm not Dating. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm married and, and you know I don't have to mess with that. But I really think if, if everybody so if everybody did approach it as hey, I'm dating only because I'm looking to get married, I, I mean it, I think it would change it would change things drastically. I love that. I love that. All right. So kind of just you know wrapping up, what are what are two pieces of life advice you have for the youth that are listening? Two pieces of life advice. Let's see. I, I think never stop learning. And I, I have learned, so I have my undergraduate degree in finance and I have an MBA uh, from, from UC Irvine. And I, I think as, as great as those educations were, I think I've probably learned more practical life lessons through self-education. And so I would never discourage anyone from getting a degree or to, you know, con continuing their formal education, but schools and institutions are only part of our education. Right, we have to be willing to educate ourselves, and um, you know you're going to learn. You're going to learn a lot of things that they don't teach you in business school. I mean, there are plenty of books out there called "What They Don't Teach You in Business School," <laughs> and and I you know I was listening to a, a book today, and um, Darren Harding, and and you know the things I've heard him talk about because I, I I do a lot of audiobooks. Uh, I've I've heard before, but he says it in maybe a slightly different way. And so okay now it's reinforcing the things that I've heard before. And and um you know you, I think you can't you can never stop you can never stop learning and you, you can't rely on others to educate you. You gotta educate yourself. So that's one piece of advice. The other is um you know hard you know hard work let me success doesn't come easily there's a lot of people there so let's take real estate for instance right yeah, there's there's a few there's there's a few shows out there that make um you know being a realtor look easy right you wake up at nine you roll into the office you get a phone call from a client they like this house you put in an offer you go back a couple forth a couple of times great we got a deal four and a half million yeah, I wish my days were like that, right? <laughs> that would be awesome, but they're not, they're not. You know, uh, flipping a house, right? That's a hard thing to do. You know, you gotta find that property and then you gotta convince the person who owns it to sell it to you. And then, you know, how do you know how much it's going to cost? And it, you, it can be done, but it's not quite as easy as the 30 minute show makes it look. So be prepared. If you really wanna be successful, be prepared to grind. And that means getting up every day, 
doing the things that you need to do. And it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or working for in a corporate office. You gotta you gotta be prepared to do the things you need to do and and then some and do it consistently. Um, and, and you know, I, I think for me, that success would look like, uh, like I said, my wife doesn't have to work. My son has all the opportunities he needs. I'm giving back 25, 35, 50% of my income because I don't need it, but I'm making it. And right. so I can give freely. Um, and then, you know, then the, then the question becomes, well, if you don't, if you have all the money you need and you don't need to work, then what do you do? Well, I'm not the kind of guy who can sit on the, uh, on the beach for, for, you know, seven days, let alone the rest of my life. Um, so I'm going to have projects. I'm going to find something that, that I'm passionate about that, that I can do. And most likely that's going to be, um, some way to give back to the community. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I'm coaching youth, uh, football, or maybe I'm, you know, helping out in the classroom. Uh, you know, maybe they, if, if I can convince somebody to, to put together a program that says, you know, Hey, I'm going to go into junior highs and high schools and teach about money just, you know, maybe once a week or something uh, like that. Um, so it's, for me, it would never be, uh, I've achieved everything I want to achieve. You can find me on the beach. Yeah. I'll, I'll do that occasionally just to decompress. That's fun. But I think I get so much more out of working and helping other people that I wouldn't want to give that up. I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, and then just kind of to wrap it up, you've been asking us, I mean, you've been sharing so much you know, valuable information. Um, I like to pose uh, one question for you on how the community can help you. And I think you, you know, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, um, but feel free to change it. But the question is, you know, if, if you had a hundred million dollar problem that the community could solve for you, you know, what would that be? Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there are a lot of things that we need to, to fix. I mean, you, you've got a homeless problem and, and, you know, there's, there's, we don't have the the infrastructure that we used to have to deal with mental illness, um, but I don't really have a lot of expertise in that. Um, I would love I'd love to be able to just write that check and say, "Here, you know, experts, let's fix that problem." But if if I, I would probably for me it would be more education, and I think because I really I, you know um, I I'm, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the credit card and the brand name. Uh, strategies and you know get them while they're young and, and and teach them teach them right when they're young and they you know then they'll be they'll be right for the rest of their lives you know, hopefully got it i love it so basically the the problem is to be able to teach the kids at a mass level you know about you know finances and on some yeah. sort of level got it yeah okay well Thank you guys for watching. Uh, before I forget, 88 Real Estate Media is looking for members to join the Oversight Committee to build the best mindfulness school in Southern California. Shoot us a message if you want to learn more. Also, if you do business in the real estate industry, please do consider hiring us in the future. Any last words, Jason? How can people find you? Any plugs? Um, people can find me on Instagram at the Real Jason Green. I'm on. Um, I'm on Facebook as well, Jason K. Green. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate what you're doing. I really do. I mean, this is, I've, I've heard, kind of heard your backstory and, and, you know, I, I love that somebody's out there, not just talking about, we should do this, but actually taking action. And so that's, you know, talk is great. Action is much better. So thank you. Of course. All right. Uh, let people know where your number is, you know, in case they want to sell a house. 
yeah, you can reach me at 949-648-2323. One more time. Love to help you. One more time for nine four nine. Yeah, nine four nine six four eight two three two three. Got it. Thank you very.